Thank you. Good afternoon. Welcome to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman here with Jake Seawalk. Jake, where are we today? We are at uh, one of my favorite places in the entire world, restaurant or otherwise, Barney Greengrass. Wow. Sturgeon Kings. Sturgeon Kings? I mean, that's the... Is there a softball team? No, that's the that's the like the slogan. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah, it says in the big letters when you walk in. Yeah, right? oh, big okay. letters. Eighty uh, sixth and uh, Amsterdam. Cool. We're very happy to be here. We very just, happy to be here. We just ordered food, so our waiter will come sometime during uh, this setup. I think. Anyway, on today's show, uh, we will be talking about El Chapo, uh, the Oscar nominations, and driverless cars. And we'll also, of course, have our recurring segment, which is Schmuck of the Week and Mensch of the Week. Pretty excited to take Schmuck of the Week. Yeah, uh, this week. <laughs> I specifically requested it. Jake, as a pissed-off St. Louis kid, uh, is pretty pretty excited to have a chance to talk about a guy he doesn't like very much. Yeah, it really am. Uh, so, speaking of guys that a lot of the world doesn't like right now, El Chapo and Sean Penn. And Sean Penn. So, to give a little background, um, sure. I feel like I always give a little bit of background. And then, and I'm then fine we with it. I like yeah, it. I, the I backgrounds are good. All right, so Short. what's basically happened was uh, Sean Penn... Uh, alongside, oh, I can't remember her last name. Her first name was Kate. Kate uh, Del Castillo. Del Castillo. Um, who uh, sh- she's a uh, a Mexican actress. Um, the two of them uh, went to El Chapo's compound and actually sat down with the man. <laughs> um, and then just um, hearing someone say that is pretty. pretty they were insane. supposed to return eight days later for an interview. Um, that right. didn't happen. Um, that said, Sean Penn was able to send questions to El Chapo. He was able to record a video of his answers and send <laughs> them back um, to Mr. Penn. I think, I think it's important to note that they went through all this trouble and then he recorded them vertically on like a cell phone. In right. Like the he, shittiest he did, way he did, possible. He did it on a cell much. phone. Um, and a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of conversation as to whether or not Sean Penn is a bad guy in the situation for not divulging um, El Chapo's whereabouts. Um, I'm kind of interested to hear what you think about that. Well, I think, first of all, uh, the interview didn't happen eight days later because they brought like the entirety of the Mexican army right, with like them the by mar- Literally the Marines. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, and they raided the area. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Our bagels just arrived with a nice pickle and a lemon. Haven't seen that before. I'm um, telling you, man. Best bagel in the world. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, we'll get to the bagels in one second. But just finishing up, I guess, with Sean Penn a little more. I think that uh, I think that El Chapo in general um, and Sean Penn, the whole situation blew me away. First of all, Sean Penn in the first place. <laughs> Jake, the bagel's that it good? It's so good. <laughs> <It's that laughs> it's so good. It's the best bagel. Okay, we'll stop for this. Right, what is, what is so good? No, what is so good about the bagel? I'm telling you, it's just... All right, so... Just for uh, went with the normal order for me. Everything bagel, scallion, cream cheese, and uh, Nova Lox. Um, I don't know, man. It's just perfect everything. I agree. It's very, very, very good. It's perfect everything. everything. I went with Jake's order today because yeah. he loves this place. It's pretty. The um, I will say we talk often on the show. Uh, for those of us who have listened, about the crunch to cream Which cheese. It's a slightly chewier bagel, but I'm into that. Sure, but it still has that crunch. Mm-hmm. We have the nice ratio of the three. Um, so. Let's go back to El Chapo. <laughs> and Sean Penn and, and Kate Del, Del Castillo. So 
basically, a lot of the world is saying Sean Penn shouldn't have done what he did, um, even though that he should have been. He covered up exactly that he was talking to El Chapo. He worked through many ways, many different ways of encryption, and they saved drafts, burner and emails, phones, burner phones to not alert authorities, which he did kind he of did, spectacularly. He did, he did. The question becomes whether or not what he did was journalism, whether or not it was ethically okay because El Chapo is wanted all over the United States and Mexico for, among other things, killing more than 10 people. He's charged in many states for bringing drugs drugs in. Um, he's public enemy number one in Chicago, if you didn't know that. Mm. For, um, first one since Al Capone, which is pretty crazy. So Sean Penn shows up in Mexico with Kate Del Castillo. What came out yesterday, which I thought was amazing, was everyone just assumed El Chapo loved Sean Penn, you know, was this huge movie yeah, fan. He does want a movie made of his life, supposedly El Chapo, but in reality, he had no idea who Sean Penn was. He just really liked the pretty he Mexican. He really likes the pretty Mexican actress. Well, she also had come out years before this saying in a choice between the Mexican government and El Chapo as to who she trusts more, she would trust El Chapo more. Is this an amazing career move by her? Like, no one in the United States knew who she was, really. I mean, she's obviously a... Or it could be the exact opposite. She could have just Tim Tebowed herself. <laughs> and she's now... Well, now she's just a distraction to any movie. It's true. Or she just might go to jail. Or like she that. just might go to jail. Um, hard to say. I, I mean, it basically comes down to whether or not we think um, I think the real conversation is whether or not we think Sean Penn, what he did, was ethically correct or incorrect. Uh, from someone that um, is, I'm not a journalist, but I'm a writer. Um, it, it's he did do. He put together an incredible piece of journalism, I think, and ultimately, be it intentional or unintentional aided in the capture of the most wanted man in the world. Um, and so it, it's hard for me to so say. So you're torn. I'm, t I'm torn because he did get captured. Had, he, had this piece of journalism come out and El Chapo was still on the lam and no information came out, I would pretty steadfastly say that Sean Penn is in the wrong. That said, literally just days after this interview came out, El Chapo's in jail and he's being um, extradited to the United States. He's actually, they... Quick note on that. So he's back in the jail where he tunneled out of right. not too long ago. They are switching him supposedly like every couple of days so he can't tunnel in to where <laughs> before he gets to the U.S. Where he's he's behind bars for good now. Yeah, good luck tunneling out of Wyoming or wherever the hell. Yeah, where you tunnel to? Idaho? Right. <laughs> right. right. So uh, the question also was a lot of people also questioned the Rolling Stone article about it. First of all, he gave El Chapo uh, the ability to go through and change whatever he wanted which journalistically is pretty questionable the other thing is it's very questionable yes very questionable pretty much unheard of top level questionable <laughs> he also he also though wrote in my opinion just a really bad article i know i guess this is where we disagree i think it's a fine article i just i don't think he's a writer so he wrote it like a movie like, yeah i mean he's an actor which is another how, reason why he shouldn't he also, have been doing how, He also wrote in the article he doesn't know how to use a laptop, which is mind-boggling. Although, we were just talking about this before we started recording. It's completely <laughs> expected from those in the movie industry. Really? No, no laptops? I mean, you said that, but it's expected from older actors? Well, yeah. 
I mean, like I was telling you, Wes Anderson literally doesn't know how to respond to an email. He, at first, I thought it was um, a fluke when he responded to an email with an entirely new email, but. Then, Wes Anderson? Yeah, but then it bec- that's like just how he responds to emails. He just writes you a completely there's no no such thing as an email chain in his. Do you eyes. think he views each new email as like a work of art? I don't know. Kind of the way you, he doesn't know how to write an email. Anyways, that was a total <laughs> sidetrack. But it, like, <laughs> Sean, maybe maybe he can go uh, interview po- El Chapo next time. Point being, escapes. I think you have to give Sean Penn a little bit of leeway with the with how good or bad of a piece of writing it was i just why sean penn that's i can't get past that part why he did it or why el chapo allowed all of it why did sean penn go why well did i el think chapo, el Cha- who, i think sean penn who, for first off sean penn is historically been like just a kind of a nutty explorer person um in his downtime from acting and why sean I think penn that, I think that's an understatement we we just talked about this it's because of that he went with the actress i mean he just partnered up with the right people that's all he was, he was he was in all fairness very smart about how he went about doing it. So he also a couple a couple of things I want to touch on that are just hilarious I think from the story. First of all, they met with El Chapo and they ate tacos and drank tequila, which a lot of a lot of tequila. Right. And supposedly rumored uh, it was Kate Del Castillo's tequila. It was her sponsored brand. Right. This is which made me think it's like something out of Entourage like Avion. Right. Avion. <laughs> Expecting Vincent Chase to also have been there. The other thing which I thought was amazing was he was caught in a lot of ways because he was BBMing. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. I didn't know that was still a thing. It is still a thing. R- really? Like, yeah. is this the best or worst press for BlackBerry they've had in a long time? A little bit of both. Yeah, I, I mean, I they're, back, they're back in the they're news. They're back in the really forefront. <laughs> but also, I guess they their whole message now is encryption, and they literally, <laughs> this was tracked everywhere. Uh, and those BBMs are really, really weird and worth reading if you have Are they public? Yeah, uh, some of them are. Um, a Mexican news source got some of them. Uh, d- basically, Del Castillo and Sean Penn had this weird, like, father-daughter relationship. She Strange. Yeah, it's... Very strange. The, the whole thing was sort of a weird situation. All right, well, anyway, um, I think we should probably probably get to a break. I want to enjoy a little bit of this bagel. Yeah, sounds um, good. I'm Nick Feynman. He's Jake Seawalk. This is Schmear's The Deal. They judge him right in his face. Oscar, you are so mean. Isn't it, kids? Yeah, Oscar. You're a grouch. It's like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. <laughs> Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I'm Jake Seawalk along with Nick Feynman. We are at Barney Greengrass, the Sturgeon Kings, on the Upper West Side of New York City. My favorite bagel spot. The here. bagel's amazing. I've amazing. I have never been here, and it's, it's I'm kind so of blown away. Unbelievably good. I, so a little quick thing about Barney Greengrass. Um, Please. The reason why I have a little tie to it. Um, even though I'm from St. Louis, we've been shipping in Barney Greengrass for uh, Yom Kippur breakfast for my entire life. And so when I so first it served an important role in your childhood, I mean, I wouldn't say important, but a, a role nonetheless. <laughs> um, and I don't know, it just <clears throat> held a special place for me. And then I, you know, I came, came when I came to New York and moved here. Just my, one of my favorite things to do um, in all of the cities in the summer 
come here for breakfast on Sunday and then go for a long walk across Central Park. Um, it's honestly the best way to start a day. Um, Sounds great. So let's move in. Uh, mention schmuck of the week. Um, Nick, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take the uh, mention of the week first. Sure. For s- so for those who haven't listened, uh, this is our recurring segment. We split up who gets mensch and who gets schmuck. There are a lot of both in the world. We have found a lot of both. Uh, the mensch I'll keep pretty brief this week. Uh, so we have a Powerball winner. Three Powerball winners. If you if you didn't hear, I didn't win, which is I guess why I also I, did not win, which is why we're sitting here right now. <laughs> would we? You think we would have still done this if we? Hell we, yeah. Maybe there would be like lawyer and some bodyguards present. Yeah, I totally would have been here. But so uh, one of the winning cities was uh, Chino Hills, California, where a Seven Eleven sold the one of the winning tickets, one of the three winning tickets. And I don't know if you saw this, but after they won, no one knows who actually won there. Right. But a mob swarmed that Seven Eleven. Thank you. Okay. And. The clerk, there's like a general, a guy, honestly, who looks like someone who would work at a 7-Eleven, sort of a quiet guy, is working at the 7-Eleven when hundreds of people descend upon it. And that man, I don't know his name, is the mensch of the week because he absolutely peaked last night. <laughs> he, there were crowds chanting. He started taking selfies, slapping hands. He was like the <laughs> happiest man in the world. I have never seen a person transform Really like leaned into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really, really... Went along with the flow, and for that, he is the match of the week. And I'm not going to take up any more time because I want <laughs> Jake. Speaking of native son of St. Louis, is has a little bit of a bone to pick. So I'm not. I'm not going to really. Uh, not going to dick around. Schmuck of the week is uh, none other. Well, I have two schmucks of the week: Stan Kroenke and uh, Roger Goodell. Um, for those who don't know, um, my beloved St. Louis Rams have been moved. Um, to the terrible city of Los Angeles. Sorry to any Los Angeles natives. I'm just not a fan. Um, I've been waiting for this for a while. This is way, really for everyone listening. This is really. It was really hard for me to swallow. I mean, I grew up going to every single home game with my dad. Um, in the 1999-2000 season, I went to every single home game, every single playoff game. That was game. the one where they went to this, and then my dad and I went to Atlanta for the Super Bowl. They won that year, and right? And they won. They beat, uh, they beat on the turf. Titans uh, with correctly. the tackle, Mike Jones, number 52. Um, oh yeah, tackled one, Kevin one, Dyson one at the away. one yard line. Um, I will never forget. Do you think that. that'll be a Hollywood movie now? Too soon? No, too soon. Um, but basically, <laughs> from here, here's why that they are my. Uh, they're my schmucks. It's it's not just that they moved St. Louis. That they moved St. Louis as opposed to San Diego or Oakland. And St. Louis, um, Dave Peacock and Anheuser Busch um, put together a very very thoughtful new stadium proposal on the riverfront of the Mississippi. A gorgeous new stadium. They rounded up four hundred million dollars in public funding. Something that Los Angeles is not doing. Something that Oakland did not do. Something that San Diego did not do. All they needed was one hundred million more dollars from the league. The league said, no, St. Louis, um, we cannot give you that money. We don't have that money. The league then turned around and gave $100 million to both San Diego and Oakland if they build a new stadium there. Wait, the league, hold on. The, sorry to interrupt your rant. The league said they didn't have $100 million? And then they gave $200 million to San Diego and Oakland combined. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good schmuck of the week. Stan Kroenke bought the team, moved them to St. Louis, um, then eviscerated St. Louis in his relocation proposal, and then after he moved the team, tried to say, hey, you know what, I love St. Louis. Screw you, Stan Kroenke. Um, it just, there's, 
it really irks me that the team that the Saint, the city that did all of the work and really showed their desire to have a football team as opposed to the two that actively did not um, is the city that lost their uh, lost their team um, and so that really bothers me um, and so for myself from the city of St. Louis and from uh, St. Louis Rams fans around the world screw you Roger Goodell and screw you Stan Kroenke wow powerful more importantly well it was good rant gave me a little time to eat my bagel which I appreciated I have a couple of questions for you about this whole situation. Yeah. The first is, you mentioned the tax proposal. Isn't it better in the long run for St. Louis to get the NFL away from them? For a small town that can't really afford, probably frankly, to give Here's hundreds the thing, of millions. Here's the thing, is that the, the Rams brought a lot of economical boon to the city of St. Louis. Um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head because they're pretty complicated, but the St. Louis Post-Dispatch... Um, published an article either this morning or yesterday morning um, that really outlined how much um, economic boom they brought. And you know, it's a lot lost. It's that lost. It's a lot of pride. Um, it's, it's about more than just the money. And I understand that Stan Kroenke's an owner and he's doing what, quote-unquote, he needs to do um, to, uh, to make more money. I just don't understand. I still don't understand how... Um, how he can... How the NFL is able to justify this? it. Yeah, I mean, there are pretty strict relocation guidelines that the NFL just pretty... Threw out the window. Really threw this. out the window for this. Um, and that, and I don't know. It it, it really bothers me. Um, Kroenke kind of lo- looks like a shady character, I will say. He just looks like an idiot. I mean, <laughs> who, uh, he just looks like a big idiot. Also, he inherited all his money, which makes me dislike him even more. Cause he just he, married he, into the Walmart fortune. So, that's it. I just really hate him. I really hate... Roger Goodell more than Kroenke because Roger Goodell really skirted past ena- all the rules. And he enabled this. And enabled it. So that's my rant. Um, they're my schmucks of the week. Do you um, have a new team you're going to be rooting for? I'm debating between the uh, the Packers and the Colts. Yeah, well, I saw the Colts reached out to... I think I'm going to Col- go with the Colts. They re- well, they, I, did you see th- their They tweet? reached out to the Rams, yeah. The, I mean, Rams, the Rams fans. fans, yeah. All right, so let's move on. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get too bogged down in that. Let's move on to our, our next topic, which which is another one that hits uh, hits uh, close home, to home, home for me. For J- this um, is the, J- the Jake segment, which is uh, which is the uh, 2016 Oscar nominations. Pretty um, pretty interesting stuff. They came out this morning. Some very interesting stuff. The um, Revenant. The Revenant had the most nominations. I believe they had 12. That's um, and well, also ju- I have a question for someone not in the in the movie movie business. How how much or little do you care about the nominations? I personally love movies, so I'm pretty excited about them because I the Oscar buzz is always, I think, really interesting and amusing. And, and there's something about the politics of Hollywood that fascinates me. Like the fact that Leo is nominated for The Revenant, but it seems that I don't... It seems like they nominate people as much for careers as they do for actual individual well, movies. Not saying he wasn't great. But, but it seems like that, especially with the other nominations as well. You would you would know better than me. I think that they. What was the exact word you used? They nominate people for their careers. Not they d- I think they nominate people more for the people than for their careers. I think that the Academy kind of isn't that fa- the same sort of. A- By and large, yeah, but they're slightly different. I mean, like, t- take for example Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's like the go-to 
get the Academy loves her. Anything. Yeah, get nominated for anything. It's more that the Academy, I think, loves Meryl Streep than they love her body of work. Um, and so whenever she does a role, I mean, she to be fair, she's incredibly talented, but um, she just gets nominated. And I think it's, you're seeing something similar with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And Brian Cranston. And Brian Cranston, to a, to a degree. I mean, I think Jennifer Lawrence was in a in an otherwise not great movie. Talking about We're Joy. talking about Joy. And she's still finding herself with an Oscar nomination and prob- has a decent chance at, uh, at winning, in fact. Um, the one thing, and it's a big thing, that you'll notice is a, and this is what I want to talk about for a few minutes with this, is a, a pretty stark um, lack of diversity in the nomination. And that's, that has been a big part of the headlines once again. It's been a year. big part of it. It's, the Academy has uh, kind of developed this reputation as uh, a body of just kind of stodgy old white men. Um, and this backs and that And they're up. not doing a whole lot of uh, work to, work to that. change that. Um, you see... Um, so y- who's missing? Anything from Creed, which was a except good for movie, Sylvester, Sylvester except for Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, um, and oh, there's a huge one I'm missing that I'm, I can't think. Straight of out of Compton. Compton. Oh, and Straight Out of Compton. How is that not nominated for Best Picture? How is Mad? I I get that a lot of people like Mad Max. I get that a lot of people liked Brooklyn. Saw both of them. Neither of them were as good of of films as Straight Out of Compton. Um, so that's a, that's a big omission. That's a big omission. It was a really, really great picture. And would um, it really have killed them that much to just put it in? Right. I mean, they have they have ten spots, and they nominated eight eight films, which means they just <laughs> they just fell short on it. Just fell short on votes. It's similar to the kind of the uh, the baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Um, okay. And that's BS. What it's do you B- think? Straight up. As a uh, switching subjects, I guess a tiny bit. As a big Star Wars fan, were, they weren't really nominated. Five. Or, they got five nominations. They, but but no. No yeah, big but they got yeah. So what? They got all the nominations, all the technical categories. That's what they did. That's what they should have been nominated for. It's not an Oscar movie. Wasn't the original one nominated though for Best Picture? Or am I making that up? I I, don't, I honestly don't know. Okay, we'll look into that. I, all I know is let's see. Ninth, no, Rocky was a year before. So is, speaking of Rocky, is Sylvester Stallone going to win? Here's a good chance. Mark Rylance will probably win, but here's a good chance. Mark Rylance. Um, what movie was British Spies? It was great. It worth um, seeing? I have not seen it yet. What? Worth seeing, Bridges Buzz? Yeah. I mean, there are better movies this year, but... It's also nominated for Best Picture, right? Also nominated for Best Picture. Best Picture is Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. What? No Carol, which is interesting. To uh, w- prediction, who do, you think, who do you think will be a big upset, and who do you think is sort of a shoe-in? Well, there are two locks. Um... One more so than the other. Leo, from the people I've talked to inside the industry, is pretty, basically, pretty a sh- in. basically a shoe-in to win, which is pretty exciting. He's never won an Oscar. And uh, Spotlight for Best Picture. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. All right. Uh, with that, I think we're going to go to break. Take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Shmir's The Deal. Girls get drunk, man, and they don't even know what they're talking about. They think they do. Hey, guess what? You didn't even know, you didn't know what it is it? <laughs> Excuse me, where where you going? You know know what it is, is it? Yeah, you know what it is, you know what saying in that Dowson or Waffle? Is that what it is? Uh. Welcome back to Schmear's the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman, he's Jake Seawalk. We am. He, he still that, that is, is Jake that still is me. <laughs> we are at Barney Greengrass on Amsterdam and eighty sixth in Amsterdam. Eighty sixth. 
uh, eating some delicious bagels. I haven't tried the pickle yet. We're getting there. That'll be, we'll see. Jake is down to the pickle. I still have a couple. Not couple a bites huge. Left. Not a huge. I hate to admit, I'm not a huge pickle guy. You know, this is like a public forum. I do know. I. I that's why I said I hate to admit. Why don't Why don't you like pickles? Well, they taste bad in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I actively don't like the taste. I don't know. I like. I don't, I don't know what the reason is. I'm taking your pickle. Go right. for it, man. So I'd uh, love to see both of those eaten. We have one last topic, I guess, to talk about today. And it ended up being pretty topical, which we will get into. But we're going to talk about driverless cars a little bit. Yeah, we are. Which is an up-and-coming part it's of... It's a pretty exciting topic. It is very exciting. Do you think our generation... I mean, we're sort of... It will be, I think, by the time we, we croak, they'll be ubiquitous. <laughs> our hearse will be driverless. Our hearse... <laughs> Not to get more. That's a pretty funny way of putting it. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way of putting it. I think our hearse will be driverless. They cars. probably will be. Okay. Um, but but I was what I was going to ask is as we're sort of already the Uber generation. Do you think the majority of our generation will own cars, or do you think that it's going to be more of a public utility? That's a great question. That's really really an unbelievably good question, and I think it's pretty hard to. Um, pretty hard to say because it's pretty hard to say how that sector will kind of develop um as as it is i think you're you're pretty on point it seems like the the driverless car industry will develop into companies owning all the cars you just like pressing a button on your smartphone or whatever it shows up, it shows up you get in type where you want to go and you're there quickly um and that's why uber and the Lyft reason and why i don't necessarily and and this could this still could be folded in pretty easily, I think, into company-owned vehicles. I think that there's still a market for, like, Uber luxury vehicles. Um, and I think that... That people want to drive or that they... No, I think that there's just a... I think that they're... The, the wealthy will want nicer cars than... And so they'll buy their own versus... And I think they'll, they'll probably want to buy their own that they can, they can like, kind of... I don't really know a better term. Pimp out. Yeah, customize. <laughs> customize. Yeah. And the Rolls um, Royces of the world will still exist. And I, I, right. Exactly. That's that's the one thing I think that's maybe um, holding back company-owned cars. But that said, there could be just a Rolls Royce of the taxi service, just a company that has exclusively really nice um, versions of. Yeah. So it, it's hard to say. I think that. Um, you're definitely onto something. I think that much few, m- many fewer people will own uh, their own own vehicles. And more importantly, for health and safety, per these companies, many fewer people will be driving these vehicles. Thank goodness. So, I mean, I think that when you're talking about um, so let's start quote unquote curing a cause of death. I think that th- this is huge. It's it's monumental. Crazy driving stat. There are so. Google disclosed the uh, amount of times that their cars got into altercations over the last 11 months. They're the first company to do that specifically. And they... (laughs) Jake just lost his napkin briefly. It was was on the table in front of my face. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough. We're almost through. We're working working through it. So... Google disclosed the amount of altercations their cars have been in in the last 11 months. They've been in 272 altercations in nearly a year. So I looked up, I was curious how many, 
I was looking for altercations or crashes there were a day. The stat I found was that there are 1.1 deaths per 100 miles traveled on average. That's wild. So 272 times is nothing, and that's also dealing the with... The one thing you have to kind of put... It's still incredible what Google's done. The one thing you have to put in perspective is that there are many... They don't have that many cars on the road. True. So when you re- extrapolate that to, say, the entire um, world or country using them, that number would go higher. I think that what's really important, and I don't know if you have this number, is the severity of those um, So incidents. it's actually... So altercations... There, there were no deaths. Right. So that's that's where it's really huge. Is there were no the severity deaths, but, is like, but altercation doesn't mean crash. Altercation means it was so. In California, they passed a law that if you have a driverless car, there has to be a driver in it. Right. Which Google wasn't doing for a while, <clears throat> and the 272 is the amount of times the driver was asked to take over. Gotcha. Which is that's amazing. pretty that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also, um, super important to note that. It, it, aside from like major, major, major malfunctions, it would essentially eliminate deaths on the road. In in theory, but the major mal- malfunctions are sort of good, the. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, we just got a coffee refill. The major malfunctions are what scares me about it. And I think what scares a lot of people, even though right. statistically it makes sense. My worst nightmare is being in a car I can't control that's just rocketing right. along, hitting things. Right. And there was actually Tuesday, I don't know if you saw, there was a driverless car that sort of freaked out and started doing donuts over and over again in California. Pretty and dope. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no one was hurt, but you, I, see, right. you see the cops walk up to it. They literally have no idea, no idea what, what to do. do. Well, yeah, how do you stop? You can't it's pull it over. It's just going in circles. Right. And it's, that, it was pretty amusing. That, I mean, that's basically the only downside, right? I mean, the only downside to... to driverless vehicles is essentially just a perception it's not even a reality um and it's the perception that you're not in control of the vehicle um which i guess is also a reality but it's also an acknowledgement that humans we have this and it goes sort of along with the american psyche we have this idea that everything we do is better than could be created by computers right when it's like pretty objectively an incorrect sentiment well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with statistics, with this specifically, yes, that is correct. right. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean specifically with this, right. Um, so we when, ha- when when do you think the majority of cars will be driverless? I think it depends on the company for and the perception of America. I think in a place like New York, I could see it happening. More than a you know somewhere Soon. in the Midwest. So let's talk about a little bit about the uh, regulations that were passed uh, this morning. Right. So it was um, pretty big. The Obama administration came out with some new regulations that they hope will streamline. Right. Well, so that. here's why. Um, so basically, what um, what happened this morning, um, or if if you're listening, I guess yesterday morning, um, was there were federal regulations passed um, in regards to driverless vehicles. Here's why that's so um, important is previously it was individual states um, passing legislation. And that makes it really hard for uh, companies to develop um, their cars because they have to specifically tailor it to 50 different uh, individual sets of regulations. And now there's one. And that essentially, it, it's, w- it's a small change, but it really, 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 really rapidly increases the rate at which um, these companies can start developing because now there's one 
just general umbrella under which they can um, program, program and not 50 small ones. Um, and so that's huge. And also um, the Obama administration has uh, pledged $4 billion of the national budget, I believe, in 2017. I, although right. I don't really know. They, well, they that. earmarked it. It's earmarked, the, exactly. Um, so to they go are into it aside in order to finance right, some of these. Right. To, to finance uh, driverless vehicles. It's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's basically it's the first f- uh, federal acknowledgement that. This is becoming that, a thing. That this is becoming a thing. A and B that it's just, it's a. This is a better way of doing things than people driving cars. It just is, um, and it's pretty cool to see uh, the, the the national government recognizing that. And it's uh, well, and it seems everyone seems to think this is the future in a lot of ways. GM and Lyft just had a big partnership, where uh, they will, I guess, fund what we were talking about more, which is that it'll be driverless cars that are on demand right. as opposed and to Uber is developing that technology. It, 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 it betters our lives in so many ways. Ins- insurance becomes basically not a thing anymore that people, people don't have to pay auto insurance anymore. Um, in theory, in theory, either that or the premiums are going to go way down because um, of, because a 16 year old male has to pay crazy premiums on auto insurance, and now it's going to be the same for a 16 year old male as it is for a a, f- a 50 year old male, male or female that has a perfect track record. Because it's all going to be under the same programming. Um, that's one. Two is just safety. Three is think of all the more f- all the free time. It sure. literally, if you, you drive, get in a car and work for half an hour. If you drive an hour a day, that's uh, fi- literally 15 days a year. That you get back, it's huge. And BMW is devel- developing a driverless car that you can turn the seat around. <laughs> so that's so what it, that's what it'll eventually. They'll eventually just be these little pods, I think, that you can just you sit in a circle and chit chat. Sounds great to me. I, I think just the fear of losing control is is pretty big. Do you think that? Dr- do you think that one day we'll go to like a racetrack to drive cars? Yes, as almost like a museum or day right. activity. I do. I, I do too. It's pretty crazy to think about. It's the one, the one thing that I think we can kind of forecast as a major, major, major change in our lifetimes. I think that other um, other things are still up in the other air, things especially are still what up in we've the air. talked about AI, um, AI et cetera, et cetera. But I think that driverless vehicles are. It's really easy to say. Listen, like by the by, twenty fifty. Um, Th- this is a thing. This is a thing, and well, that's pretty awesome to think about. Well, it sort of already is a thing a little bit. I mean, it is. I, d- I just mean in terms of... Wide society. Right. Change. It was just like kind of for the everyday consumer. Um, and it's pretty cool. Um, and I have one... So I brought up Tesla briefly, but I have, a, I guess, a question for you, which I can't figure out. Is Elon Musk a good guy? Yes. He is? Yeah. Because he could be like the evil genius of... Why do you say that? He's going to the moon. He has no. He, I th- he's he's one of the people that um, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. I loop I loop Elon Musk in there with them. I think that he is. But cha- most people didn't consider Steve Jobs a good guy. They considered him. No, I just mean in terms of that are he's changing the world for the better, and I think that that's. Uh, he's a mensch. More than that, I think that it's you know he's one of the. I think that in thirty years he will be looked looked at as one of the greatest people to ever walk the earth. Wow. I really think That's that. That's a pretty strong um, endorsement. Uh, 
I have a little bit of an insider scoop. I just have a buddy that used to work at Tesla. <laughs> okay, so um, he, but I, I was just because I can't figure it out, and I I get very interested. By he is. I mean, he is he is doing everything in his power to make the world a better place. He really is. Um, I mean, I don't know if we're going down this road a little bit. I mean, he launched a rocket ship and landed it. Um, landed it safely um it's which is amazing. insanity it's never like never even been close to being having been having been done before um and his just his ability he recruits the smartest people um and he, he's doing pretty crazy cool things well maybe we'll we'll do a deeper dive into elon musk sometime in the future yeah i would love that maybe yeah, next week pretty cool all right uh final toast i guess time um what are you ex- anything you're excited for this week going back to st louis <laughs> Tomorrow, you gonna is there gonna be a rally to burn down the stadium? There's a uh, there was an interesting article in the Riverfront Times about what to do with the stadium now. I mean, the city of St. Louis still has a hundred million dollars of debt to pay off on it. That's insane. Um, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, it was the worst uh, Stan, stadium lease Stan in history. Cranky should he signed the lease in the first place when he moved, he moved <laughs> the team from LA to St. Louis. What a dick. Um, my final toast. Uh, ooh. I don't know. To St. Louis, man. Enjoy. To St. Louis, yeah, great. man. It's a great city. Um, can't speak highly enough about it. And a, a, a huge thank you to uh, Mr. Tom Stillman and uh, Mr. Bill DeWitt Jr., the, the owners of the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Cardinals, respectively, for uh, for being menches. And those, t- those teams benefit now, right? The Blues more than the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals, are they sell out every single game. They're pretty unaffected by it. The Blues will definitely see some, uh, some boost from and it. And I guess the Colts as well. And the Colts. How are you? Uh, I'm not. I mean, I don't have any anything too big coming up. I guess I'm excited for the NFL playoff games this weekend. Should yeah. be fun. It'll be some some good games for sure. Not to sort of turn. It's fine. We, we didn't w- make the playoffs anyway. I will say, as the other advantage of you losing <coughs> the team is, as someone that's been miserable about the Washington Redskins for my entire lifetime, maybe you're. I will definitely the watch the Pro Bowl this year. I want to see Todd Gurley <laughs> and uh, Johnny Hecker and. Uh, Aaron Donald play uh, the last game as uh, representatives as of the represent- St. Louis Rams. And they will be wearing... They'll be, yeah, I mean, they'll be counted as the St. Louis Rams. Okay. Um, so that'll be pretty cool. Cool. Um, well, that's about it. That's it. I guess we'll uh, do better next week, hopefully. And stay toasty. Schmears the Deal is brought to you this week by the Sturgeon Kings of New York, Barney Greengrass, located on the Upper West Side of New York City, and is produced by Nick Feynman and Jacob Seawalk, with a special thanks to Dave Chappelle and Chris Delia. For more information, please visit SchmearsTheDeal.com.